Welcome back to the Most Wanted Podcast. I'm your host, Nahum Bokala, and nothing is safe from discussion over here. Before we start off, let me shout out those listening in on Anchor, Radio Public, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, as well as Google Podcasts. Also want to give a big shout out to those listening in through Spotify as well. If you're listening in from Apple Podcasts, make sure to give both of a high star rating and review as well. If you're listening in to the YouTube channel, Brarhive, if you're listening to the podcast via YouTube, make sure you like and comment on the video as well as subscribe to the channel while you're at it. You can also catch me streaming on Twitch at Bogalanahum, which is my last name, first name, where I either be playing games or just live reacting to anything on YouTube or whatever. You can stay up to date with the podcast on Instagram at Most Wanted Podcast as well as Twitter at Most Wanted Pod. All right. So, as you guys can tell by the title, we're talking about No Way Home. Me and the person that I'm talking with here, his name is Raja, we watched it opening night, the 17th. It, we'll talk about it, but first let me introduce uh, the guest of this episode, his name is Raja. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, bro? How's it going? I'm Raja. My Instagram's ryb underscore 1022. I'm a huge, huge Marvel fan and a huge hockey guy as well. If you want to go over and check out my hockey Instagram page, it's pretty flames-based. It's called The Sea of Therapy, so that's at Sea of Therapy, because you God knows you need therapy if you cheer for my team. So, yeah, nah, you, yeah, you tell me about that on a daily basis. Yeah, you, at least this season, you guys are doing okay. Like, it's Gosh. not doing that bad this season. Mm-hmm. This season's actually pretty good. All right, now, before before we get into other Flames talk, because I know you're about to start going on a tangent there. I know nah, you too well. Mm, sure you I were. Promise. I promise. <laughs> sure you were. So, basically, what we want to do this episode is give our own review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, We will be talking a little bit, like, spoiler-free for, like, the first five minutes or so. But it's so hard to talk about the movie without spoiling it. So, But we will give a full-on spoiler warning before we start talking about, you know, the full details of it. So... If you haven't seen the movie yet, you can stick around for like those three to five minutes. But if you don't want anything to know about the movie until you watch it, thank you for listening in. But you can tune in when you watch. Don't even worry about it. So, starting off, I feel like we should talk about like the portrayal of the characters. Like, first of so. first and foremost, I want to say this. I've been pushing my Willem Dafoe agenda for so long. And he just, it brought me back to like fucking... 2001, 2002, watching him go up against Tobey Maguire, I'm like, this is, this is just like how I remember him. It was amazing. Oh man, can I just say, Willem? Okay, like this. If you don't feel this way, I'm sorry. It's the truth. But Willem Dafoe's portrayal of Norman Osborn is the Marvel equivalent of Heath Ledger's Joker. I agree. I agree. I, like, it's insane. Like even beforehand, he was known as one of the greatest comic book portrayals, like on in a movie. But now that he's in the like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's already known as like a top tier Marvel villain. Like there's Thanos, there's Green Goblin. Like <laughs> now, oh, ooh, I was about to say something. I was about to say something. Ooh, that would have been bad. <laughs> I, I was about to say something. You know what? When we get to the spoilers, we'll talk about it. But man, his portrayal was great. Electro in this movie did so much better than what I saw from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Like, infinitely better. Man, that was that was Marvel. Like, that was straight-up Kevin Feige looking at Jamie Foxx, like, and saying, no, they cast the right actor, but we don't like what they did at all with him. So uh, here's your, uh, repri- like, retribution shot. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> like, no, no, I completely agree. Like, the way that they did 
some of the returning cast from like the Amazing Spider-Man series, you could tell that they were potentially like the right choices to play the role, but it was yeah. just horrible script that they were given. So they were just trying to make do with what they had, and it was just, oh my lord, I'm so happy that they did this and just justified why Jamie Foxx should play Electro. Here's my unpopular opinion, though. I kind of liked his design in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 as Electro. I kind of liked it. Just because I like the ultimate design of Electro, where it's just pure blue energy-based. Yeah. And I'm also a fan of, like, have you played the game Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So you know how there was the level in Ultimate Spider-Man where you were going up against Electro, right? I yeah. really like that design. Not to diss or not to diss the original design, because I still rock with that heavy. But like, I don't know, it's something about the ultimate design, it's just clean and crisp. But I'm like, I, I don't know. And I see so many people shit on, I'm like, that's ah, not that bad. Come on now. I feel like the actual design was fine. Like the CGI was pretty pretty nice. Like when you actually go back and look at it like frame by frame, mm-hmm. the amount of detail that they actually put like in his face, like was yeah, pretty like- pretty nice. But, I agree. But, like, I feel like his, like, look in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. was basically delivered on on the sense that he looks like a meme. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mixed yeah. in with the fact that the writing was cringeworthy in that movie. Just, like, like let's be real here. There's, in, in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, there was a scene where he was literally playing the Itsy Bitsy Spider, but in dubstep. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like I don't like it's little things like that, but like more so took away from the fact that he looked blue. Mm-hmm. I think. Nah, that makes sense to me, to be honest. But like, what else? Doc Ock. Oh, that was straight from Spider-Man Two. Another goat, dude. Oh Another my lord, goat. they did that so Another well. Goat. Um, if we're gonna talk about Sandman and Lizard, this is kind of like a tiny bit of a spoiler but like not really they don't play as big of a role as like uh electro doc ock and um green goblin Mm -hmm. but they're there but like they do play a role but it's just not as big but then again also what i didn't realize is that the sandman footage that they use was actually um what's it called uh b-roll from spider-man 3 yeah same with uh same with the lizard hey same with yeah I didn't know that. And then in hindsight, I think about it, I'm like, it's been almost 20 years since, like, Spider-Man 3. I'm pretty sure they would need to because the guy is significantly older than, you know, how he is right now. So I'm like, yeah, no, that that would make sense. That would make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like Tom Tom Holland put on a master class performance. Holy shit. He went crazy. Man, Tom Holland, the emotional depth that this guy went into, like, for in this movie especially, is just, mm-hmm. like, insane. Like, Peter goes through some pain, bro. Oh, oh, my Lord. He goes through it. I ain't gonna lie, all my prayers were answered. All my <laughs> prayers. My reparations for him being with Zendaya have been answered. I, if you listened to the podcast previously, you or Shower Talk episodes, you know that I have been solely pushing my anti Peter, my anti Tom Holland agenda ever since he got with Zendaya. So I was praying for the generational beatdown that he would receive in this movie, and all I will say was, my prayers have been answered. That's Damn. my prayers have been answered. I am living nicely. I'm living lavishly right now. My money's up. I might be broke, but my money's up. It don't matter. It don't matter. But now, the main cast alone, 
really great. Like, a lot of people were saying that Zendaya was given, like, a lot to do, or a lot more to do in this movie than, like, previous, and I completely agree. And the way that she was able to capture the emotions, the highs, the lows, it's like, it worked. It meshed perfectly. Their chemistry with Tom Holland was great. The person who played Ned Lees, I think his name was Nate Battleman? Is that his name? Uh, Jacob Battleman. Jacob Battleman? Yeah. My fault. If you're listening, you're probably not, but, like, my fault. That's on me. That's on me. But, yeah, man. Ew. Benedict Cum- I almost forgot about Doctor Strange. Benedict Cumberbatch did great for the role that he had. And, like, people were scared that this was going to be, like, uh, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, like, buddy cop movie. It really isn't. No. It really isn't. It's not. A doctor, there's a difference between putting two characters in a movie just for, like, sales and putting mm-hmm. two characters in the movie because they're important to the story. Oh, and yeah. Doctor Strange, like, if you're doing multiverse, he's there. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's perfect placement. No, I, I completely agree, but... Yeah, overall, the story was great. The ramifications for the rest of, you know, the MCU is pretty crazy. freaking huge. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my Lord. And I don't know what else I can say that's spoiler-free. So, I mean... I mean, other than the fact that this movie was like a 1,000 out of 10, I don't know what else. Yeah, easy 1,000 out of 10. Like, I've never... Even with watching Avengers Endgame, like, opening opening night, Mm -hmm. I did not think that i would have an ex- endgame like experience again in a movie theater right oh and, my lord and like watching this like the seven of us mm-hmm. oh my goodness like we were literally seven we were seven individual soups bro we were the heart of that showing bro we were yelling i was grabbing my niggas arms i'm like yo if this is happening i'm losing my mind and it happens the whole crowd just starts yelling oh my lord Never in my life did I expect to have an like. It all started when they announced the title. When they started, when they said it was No Way Home, the rumor mill went crazy. We're like, what the fuck is going on? And Marvel stayed dead silent. I was like, this is this is kind of a genius, like a genius IQ move by them in terms of marketing. They just introduced the name because they already know Spider Man is gonna sell. So they're yes. like, yo, we're just gonna introduce the name, and it's a pretty different type of name. And then it's like, yeah, no way home. And you're like, what the fuck? What does that even mean? There were theories coming. I was like, yeah, maybe he's gonna be end up. He's gonna end up like stuck in another uh, universe. And then in another movie, he's gonna have to find his way back. And yeah. oh, wow. And then the trailers came out. The moment oh. those two trailers came out, Woo. after that, I, that's all I needed. I, that's Dude, all were, I needed. Those were two of the best cut trailers I think I've ever seen. If I'm being completely honest, like both the teaser and the official trailer, like they were just like chef's kiss. That's all I needed to be honest. After I saw those like, two trailers, I was like, yeah, I don't want to see nothing else No Way Home related. I'm good. I, you already sold me. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Literally. Oh, and man. like, I feel like even before the name was announced, like when production started, mm-hmm. uh, Jamie Foxx posted a picture of like a like graphic design of well, three Spider-Men, and then said, can't wait to get to work on the production of the ne- of the new Spider-Man movie. And then I'm right. just sitting there like, wait a minute. There's, like This was 100% on purpose, but then right. he deleted it like an hour later. And I was like, it's like I was like, a nice marketing move, but also like, if you fucked up, that's pretty funny. <laughs> hey man, chances like, are that was just a marketing move. Like, easy. this was, all right, I feel like we're at the point where we've, 
explain anything that is spoiler free about the about the movie. So yeah. now we're going into spoiler territory. If you have not seen the movie, I warn you, watch at your own peril. Watch, listen at your own risk. But man, oh my lord. Okay, now we're talking about spoilers. But Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. <laughs> oh Dude. my goodness. I don't think I've ever been that hype for anything in my entire life, if I'm being honest. Wow. Wow. Like, we knew. We knew it was coming. Like, it was Hollywood's worst-kept secret. But, oh, like, easily. when they came in, we all still went crazy. Oh, my Lord. And here's my thing. This is what I was scared of. If they were to be brought in, was it only for the sake of nostalgia and just like a last minute, like, oh yeah, we're all together now. We're just like with no sto no story, no character development for them. Yeah. That'd be like, that's kind of a waste. No, they actually get more of a continuation on their own stories. I'm like, especially for Andrew Garfield. I think that was the biggest one. Because if we're going to be honest, the, the Amazing Spider-Man series that he was in was not it. He was a good Peter Parker, but like, terrible writing for him and so the way that they wrote him now it worked perfectly for what the movie was trying to go for i i honestly think andrew garfield stole every scene he was in oh His yeah overall happiness you could sense how happy this guy was being back mm -hmm. and it showed like like i don't know just every moment with andrew garfield I just felt like he stole every scene he was in. Similar to how Willem Dafoe basically just took control of every little inch of frame that he was given. So, Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Those two are my standouts, if I'm being completely honest. Like, I feel at the end of the day, it is Tom Holland's movie. Like, Easily, Doctor, yes. Strange, Doctor Strange gets taken out relatively early. And I'm also, like... This works, and now it's just Spider-Man being solo, trying to see if uh, he can actually help the hero, like, help the villains get yeah. cured and potentially get sent back to their own timelines without the risk of them dying. And you're mm -hmm. like, this is this is exactly what Spider-Man would do. Like, no matter what he, no matter what the cause, he, no life is worth killing. No matter who it is, no life is worth killing. And I'm like, wow, that is uh, peak yeah, Spider-Man uh, right there. That whole element of, well, him looking at Strange being like, well, I'm sorry, too. And then trying to, you know, man, that entire element is straight from the comic books. Absolutely. Straight, like straight from the source material. I don't know how else to put it into words, but this movie was just beautiful. <laughs> like, now, I, now, the cameo that I was going to talk about, Daredevil. Oh, my. Bro, listen, for those of you who don't know. I didn't watch Daredevil. Like, I'm in the middle of watching Daredevil right now. Like, I'm in, what, midway through season two? So just when Frank Castle got arrested and, like, Elektra just gets introduced. By the mm. way, fuck Elektra so far. She is toxic as shit. <laughs> Matt Murdock has a good woman in Karen Page, and yet he's still going back to his toxic ex. Please, please, don't do this. Why? Why? I'm actually... Oh, wow. it, it hurts. It hurts to see. But so far, Daredevil is going crazy, or what is going crazy for me to watch. And so mm -hmm. what I see, first of all, Charlie Cox plays Matt Murdock perfectly. Unreal. Absolutely great. And so when I see the cameo in No Way Home, I'm like, that, does that mean that Daredevil is now in the MCU? That is official. He's in, now in the MCU. 
And mm-hmm. spoilers for the latest episode of Hawkeye, Kingpin is also here too. So, dog, I can't wait to see more action. If they re- if they continue the Daredevil show, mm-hmm. like, in, but instead it's on Disney Plus, or maybe Daredevil gets his own movie, dog, dog, that's gonna be so sick. With what's his first name? Uh, Kingpin's actor's name, something to that. Uh, yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent like D'Onofrio. Oh my goodness, perfectly portrays Kingpin. Like, the show literally has not missed at all for me so far. It, to me, it doesn't miss. I think all three seasons are perfect, if I'm being honest. Like, it's my favorite comic book TV show. See, people have been telling me, like, very mixed opinions post-season one. Like, everyone agrees season one is, like, peak. Everyone agrees that. I completely agree, too. But some people are saying, like, season two is amazing. Some people say, it's like, season two is kind of mid. Season three is, like, eh. Some people say season three is, like, the greatest thing ever. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going in there with an open mind, seeing how things go. But so far, I'm loving the series. If season two is being nitpicked, it's... A lot of it has to do with people who don't really give a crap about the source material. Right. If I'm being honest, like, if... Like, seeing Punisher, Elektra in that season like that's that was enough for me to be like this Bro, is punisher oh my like, i can't wait to watch the punisher show it looks so sick genuine question before we you know go off topic a little Yo. too much but have you got to the part in season two when they're in the jail cell do you have any idea of what i'm talking about no okay i'm not saying anything then once you get to that episode i'm already picturing like you're losing your absolute shit because that's what happened to me because what the part where I'm at right now is where Matt Murdock goes back to Elektra's apartment. Even though, and Elektra set everything up, and now there's assassins coming to Elektra's apartment. And now it's like Daredevil okay. and Elektra going up against those assassins. That was like the last episode I saw. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I just took a break from watching because I'm like, I don't want to get burnt out. So I'm just going to take yeah. breaks, periodically get in. Because it's like almost an hour per episode. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not trying to get burnt out on this. This is peak <laughs> fiction right now. Yeah. Why the fuck are we talking about Daredevil? We're talking about Bro, No Way Home I right now. I don't know. I don't know. We're just segwayed. But now, nah, like, the cameo of Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock, and the way they did it was really, like, it worked perfectly. Because beautiful. this is right when Spider-Man's identity got revealed, and now he's looking for a lawyer. And mm. obviously, the best lawyer and the cheapest lawyer to get, Matt Murdock. And he's like, and then someone throws a rock. And Spider-Man, who's about to catch it because of a spidey sense, Daredevil immediately grabs it like this, I think it was Spider- like a mini brick, wasn't it? It was. It was like a, yeah. Oh my lord. Dude, when like, I saw I that, like, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just a really good lawyer." I'm like, "You're like, bruh, bro. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't hey, wait, man." That was insane. I feel like after Far From Home, with the way that it ended, obviously with the way that, how No Way Home starts mm-hmm. with his identity being revealed, I I always theorized that this would be a good moment to introduce daredevil into the mcu mm-hmm. but i was always like mm, i don't know if they're gonna bring all the netflix guys back because i mean if you bring daredevil back are you gonna bring everyone back like i don't want everyone back i just want everyone that's part of the daredevil, daredevil. property pretty <laughs> right. much right i was always like concerned with that i was like well if they bring him back that leaves pretty much the rest of the defenders open for discussion like whether or not they'll bring back luke cage or jessica jones or Iron Fist, and I'm just going to say, for the love of God, do not bring back Iron Fist. That, See, yeah, that's what I heard for the longest time. Like, Iron Fist, the show was just absolute, like, dog water of a show. Was, so I'm like, 
literally a piping hot mess. It was disgusting. Here's like, my thing. I never really rocked with Danny Rand being like Iron Fist to begin with. Like I get it, it's cool, but like, eh. It's like you rich watch- white guy, rich white guy being a martial art pro. Like that's literally Batman with like Chi now. Facts. So I'm it, like, eh. it's Batman without the gadgets and a fist that glows up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel maybe like, I'm talking as a casual for as an Iron Fist comic fan. Like, I don't know too much about him, so I feel like the storytelling that you could do with Danny Rand mm-hmm. as Iron Fist is just not as like it's not really. Vari- I'm just gonna like, say, not much of a variety. Like, if you want to watch a comic book movie that involves martial arts, Shang Chi came out and it's fucking amazing. Shang Chi is so good. That's all I'm saying. Like, Shang Chi is so good. Like. Why even bother bringing in Iron Fist at this point when you've got Shang Chi already established? Like, like that's what I'm seeing. Like, just True. if you're gonna bring him in, do it right. Mm-hmm. Don't do what Netflix did, please. When when your lead actor needs an acting coach, it's not ideal. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> Finn Jones, the actor who played like Danny Rand on mm-hmm. the Netflix show, had an acting coach on set. But he's a professional actor. Why does he need an acting coach? Because apparently, for whatever reason, I, I, don't, I don't even want to get into it. I mean, this is we're going way off topic again, but it's fine. Uh, it's just it's stupid. Dog, this I is think, my po- bro. My podcast. Anything is a tangent. Like I promise, you're good. Like the way I see it, like if you're gonna bring any of them back now that we know that the Daredevil property is like alive and well, mm-hmm. if you're gonna bring any of them back, Burnthal as Punisher, please. My and... thing is, if you bring in Punisher. You have to make it rated R. There's literally no other way. Like, you cannot make it rated PG for Punisher. He yeah. has to be rated R. Punisher has to get the Deadpool treatment, and it's, like, it's a must. There's no Absolutely. way around that. But, nah, man. Oh, so... so but, I yeah, can't. so Daredevil is in the MCU. That's, Char- like, officially. They always tease the Netflix shows as being, like, part of it. Mm-hmm. For what, like, whenever, like... like their mar- The majority of their marketing campaign was actually, like... Oh, like they, you know, Daredevil, Kingpin, like they exist in the same world as the Avengers, Star right. Tower, and mm-hmm. all that. But like now that we know that it's like an action, like it's legit, like it's real. Real, it feels so good. And I can't wait to see what else they're going to do with Daredevil because I absolutely love that property. Me too, man. But going back to No Way Home, because this is kind of a review for it. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe is a menace to society. That's all I'm going to say. This guy, <laughs> literally, no, nah, one of my favorite things that he did in that movie, grabs Peter. First of all, Peter Parker got fucking jumped. Tom Holland got fucking jumped by five of them at the same time. Holy shit. And especially Green, the moment Green Goblin went on 10, he's like, yo, Norman's on sabbatical. I'm like, it's <laughs> game time now. Oh, shit. Literally grabs Peter. Like, sumo, not sumo, but like fucking wrestle move, brings him up here throws him through like five stories i'm like what are we watching right now like willem dafoe is the goat and it pisses me off even more the fact that he's in the aquaman movies like he's part of the dceu yeah it's like i don't want you there like like can you imagine like you're watching like aquaman 2 or something not that any of us should because you know um, i'm gonna i'm a dc diehard man i'm gonna watch it regardless I, mean, I still uh, haven't seen Shazam, but, like, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I uh, mean, I'm going to watch it. I just don't think I'm going to pay for a theater ticket. I'm just watching it illegally. 
Yeah, I'm not. I, I I don't trust DC enough anymore, man. I'm like so the dude sick is in like he's in that world, and it just it pisses me off because when you watch him as Goblin here, you don't see him as any other comic book entity. No, he is Green and, Goblin. Like he is like he's the goat. Like he, he was the main hype point for me in terms of the villains coming back. I was mm-hmm. like, oh shit, Willem Dafoe's back. Like that's literally the first thing that popped into my head. I'm like, okay, Molina's a legend too, but Dafoe is my goat. So Oh yeah, no no, I completely like, agree. And the fact that they brought him back and he did all he was that was his thing. He said, if I'm being brought back, I'm doing all my own scenes. I'm like that, that's dude, my goat. 66 years old doing this. The dude, the dude is 66 and he's like, I'm gonna do my own stunts because it's just fun. I'm like I'm, I'm like, like you are you are you are Tom Cruise with arthritis, buddy. Like what bro, what is this? Like this guy this guy was literally getting punched by Spider-Man with smiling. who was not holding back. No like bloodlusted Spider-Man, no holding back, and he was eating it like it was a food, laughing at his face maniacally. I'm like, nah, this guy's a menace. This guy's a menace. Lock him away. Nah, this guy cannot be soft. So like I feel I feel like with Defoe, just the overall thing that i think held him back in the original movie is the fact that he had that goddamn mask on when you think yeah. about it because 90 percent of this guy's like sinister ability comes from his fate like facial acting mm-hmm. like this dude was laughing maniacally while getting punched in the face smiling like his smile is so freaking sinister it's, it's evil insane. it's twisted like like what what was this dude's like method to get back into the character after like 19 years of not playing him? Like, I wish I knew. I would, but that has to be like god level acting, bro. There's no other way around it. This guy is clearly Heath Ledger levels of goat status when it comes to comic book uh, portrayal. Him, literally, Heath Ledger and J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Those are my top three portrayals of comic book characters all time. There's mm-hmm. there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, J. Jonah Jameson in this movie worked perfectly. Went from a guy who was just recording in his, like, fucking basement with a whole bunch of conspiracy shit in his back, back wall and shit to an actual newsroom. So chances yeah. are, by the end of the movie, or the next movie, Peter Parker is for sure going to be working for the Daily Bugle. For sure, because he's uh, getting I his GED. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think oh, so. So good, but... So nice. I feel like we should talk about the biggest elephant in the room, the reason why it's called No Way Home, Aunt May dies, bro. That what the fuck? I hmm, wow. I um, I mean, going into it, I was like, you know, just hearing like the interviews and stuff. I I figured that a major character was going to get killed off. Right. And I was thinking, like, okay, is it gonna be Happy? Is it gonna be Aunt May? Mm-hmm. Is it gonna be one of his friends, like Ned, or like what? Like you know, something like that. And the way that they did it, first and foremost, it was beautiful. It was depressing. And um, that is probably one of the saddest death scenes I think I've seen in a super comic book movie, if I'm being honest, because of how overly dramatized it was. The It was way too personal. Like, the acting was... Oh, it felt really, real. Like, it felt really like it happened. actually happened. Oh my lord. Green Goblin was a menace for that, bro. When I saw him pop out with the glider, I immediately thought he's about to try and stab Spider-Man again. Like, in, in the first Spider-Man movie, I'm like, no fucking way. He comes through and instead throws a pumpkin bomb. But not at Spider-Man, at Aunt May. I'm like, what? And then all of a sudden, 
the first thing Aunt May does is goes to Spider-Man and ask, yo, are you I? I'm like, don't, don't do this. Don't, don't do this. I don't. thought she was just injured and that she was just laying down. All of a sudden, Spider-Man's like, and she starts falling down and Spider-Man's like, yo, you I? And then you see big ass hole in her chest. I'm like, no, 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 the there's no way. Was, <laughs> the thing that was like genuinely, the thing that made that scene just 10 times more like, holy shit, mm-hmm. was so she gets trucked by the glider. And my immediate, I was like, oh, I was like, that, that does not look good. Like, right. I was wondering, is this like the equivalent of like getting just decked like on a highway or is this like or was there a blade like that just impaled her like that's the first thing that i was thinking of right and i mean either way she would have fucking died but oh yeah of course you just wanted uh, to know the cause i just wanted to know like what sense Mm -hmm. and then marissa tomei when she says oh i'm fine i just i just you know just sat the fell on my ass i was like you it's are like not lying. fine. I'm about to cry now. Like, like thank you're, you're you for, clearly lying. Like, thank you for this dramatic setup. And then the second she starts trembling when she's talking to Peter, oh. I was like, oh, no. This is not a... No. No. Oh, my God. The fact that he's like... Uh, he's like, come on. No. No, you're all right. You're going to be okay. I'm like, please, don't. Don't do this. Don't like, do this. this is... And then she drops the iconic line... The comic accurate line too, by the way, which was all like beautiful. Oh, oh like, my goodness! Actual pain and misery. Holy shit! She she says the line as she's dying, and you can t- oh oh no, I heard. Every, and then after that point, Ned and MJ are like, "Yo, they see on the news what happened." They're like, "Oh fuck!" And they try and find Spider Man, but obviously he's not picking up his phone because he's like, "I want to be my mo by my ones." And so Ned with the sling ring. Was like, yo, let me find Peter Parker. And then it opens up a portal to Spider-Man. And we're like, I thought for a second, I'm like, okay, they found him immediately. What the fuck? And then he looks at it curiously. And as he's running closer, you, I can tell that that's not Tom Holland's suit. There's no way. No, there's no way. They're not doing this. They're not doing this. Then he hops in, op- closes the portal, takes off the mask. It's Andrew Garfield. The whole theater lost our minds. Holy shit. Like, that was that was insane, dude. The second oh. I saw the eyes, I was like, no way. I was like, they, they did it. They're, they're doing it. Like, like wow. <laughs> I'm just I'm still in shock that this movie's real, bro. Like, I'm, I'm, I've been like, thinking about it like, all weekend. Genuinely all weekend I've been thinking I'm about it. I'm literally going to see it. I'm literally going to see it two more times, like after we're done exam. Like, like I'm still in shock that this is real. And um, then they're like, and they have a whole comedic experience with it, playing off how well Andrew Garfield can play Spider-Man. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, this is what I want to hear. And then they're like, okay, maybe we can try again. And they try again, and Tobey Maguire steps through, and we're like, what the fuck? They're actually doing it. Oh. It's the fact that he stepped through in like grandpa night clothes. Like not like even like a youth pastor. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. just just walks in and if I'm being completely honest, I don't even remember the first like four lines of dialogue he said because I was just cheering. No, um, I don't remember either. I was too busy yelling. Yeah, facts. We were too busy yelling. We were like 
we were the heart of the theater, bro. It was literally just the seven of us losing our mind. Bro, I oh was losing Lord. my mind, my body, my soul, my spirit was gone when I saw Toby step through. I'm like, my childhood is here. It's here. And like, I really like how they portrayed the three different faces of Spider-Man through each of the portrayals of, like, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, and Tobey Maguire. Like, Tom Holland was, like, the young, naive, like, just starting off Spider-Man. And Andrew Garfield is, like, the jaded, like, right after a loss, the jaded, the very skeptical Spider-Man. And then Tobey Maguire is, like, the more mature, the one that's figured it all out kind of Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's, and essentially, those are the phases that Tom Holland goes through throughout the movie. Like, initially, Tom Holland is playing just as Tom Holland is. Like, you know, the naive Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Then after Aunt May dies, he shifts into the Andrew Garfield mindset, where very mm -hmm. jaded, very skeptical. Like, he wants to kill Norman Osborn. And I don't blame him. Like, shit, nigga, you see what he did? Menace to <laughs> society. And then at the end, after Tobey Maguire saves Spider-Man from killing Norman, because he's like, mm -hmm. no, that's not what we do. Spider-Man makes the mature but very difficult decision to tell Doctor Strange, because the multiverse is breaking down at this point. They're like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to break unless you do, unless you finish your spell. And so Spider-Man's like, all right, the whole world will forget that Peter Parker ever existed, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, are you sure about that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, there's no other way. And he does it. And like that, it's literally showing a step-by-step -step progression going from the very naive Spider-Man from literally the first two movies to where he, we all know Spider-Man as the, the mature person, the one who has that Parker bad luck, the one who's always, you know, down terrible, making mature but difficult decisions. I'm like, yes, yes. And it literally recontextualizes the entire trilogy. Because before, we thought it was just like Homecoming was his coming of age. Then Far From Home was his coming of age. No, 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 no. The entire trilogy was his origin story. Mm -hmm. and, and the entire dr trilogy mixed in with his introductions in Civil War and in Infinity War. Like, that was him growing into the the man, pretty much. Like, this mm -hmm. guy was a naive kid who just wanted to help people, mm -hmm. and he wanted to be an Avenger so badly. Then he started realizing, like, oh, shit, this job comes with a cost. I just lost Tony Stark, who is one of my one of the main father figures I had in my life. Mm -hmm. And, oh, shit. No, I lost Aunt May. Well, I lost Aunt May. I feel like I have lost everybody now. And you know what? Do the goddamn spell. I'm on my own. I'm going to go make a suit out of, from scratch. Oh, I promise you, every single uh, like anti-Tom Holland agenda is null and dead at this point. Anyone who said or who used to say Iron Boy Jr., just with no context, like since Civil War, fuck yourselves. Here's my thing. Like, Here's I my hope, thing. Like you, y'all were shut up at the end of this movie. That's the my, thing. Like I've been saying, Tom Holland was the best Spider-Man since Far From Home. That, yeah. I was like, I was sold at that point. I was like, yeah, that's him. He's mm -hmm. the best one. And now people were like, no, he's always getting help. He's always getting like um, help. I'm like, he's still an up and coming like superhero. And No Way Home makes it so that he's still known as Spider-Man amongst his superhero peers. Like they still know yeah. him as Spider-Man, but mm -hmm. like. No one knows his secret identity. And I'm surprised that they did the brand new, like the adaption of Brand New Day, which is pretty much a storyline where the whole world forgets um, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. This yeah. is post-Civil War in the comics. And it came at the cost of his marriage to Mary Jane in the comics. Yes. 
And they actually adapted that because in the comics, it was hated. Everyone was like, what the fuck is going on? Why would you do that? But they adapted it to a way where everyone loves it. And it worked perfectly. I'm like, nah, Kevin Feige's a ma- mastermind for this. I promise you. He's a criminal mastermind. The way he's pulling our strings like this. Wow. It, another thing I want to take note of. You know how back when the debate was a thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Notice how I'm saying was a thing because it's over. Oh yeah. When the back when it was a thing, you know, the consensus was Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man, like in the suit. Mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire is the best Peter Parker. Tom Holland is the best of both. Right. I want you to pay attention to this detail. When Andrew Garfield walks in through the por- por- right, portal, can't even talk. Mm-hmm. He walks in through the portal. He's in his full suit. Right. When Tobey Maguire is introduced, it's just him as Peter Parker. And then oh. when they cut to Tom Holland on the roof, it's he has the like mask off, but it's the suit. So it's embodying both where and then Andrew is fully in the suit, Toby's outside of the suit. Tell me that's not planned. That had to have been planned. There's there's, there's literally Bro, that has to have been planned. Kevin Feige, John Watts, the director of No Way Home. They're masterminds. What? Oh like I thought about that after like on the drive home. I was like, wait a minute. I started thinking about it and I was like, wait a minute, that's exactly how they were introduced into this goddamn movie. Like the scene right after, like the second Andrew walks in, full suit. Second mm-hmm. Toby walks in, it's just him as Peter Parker. And we can make the assumption it's like Peter B. Parker, kind of like Spider-Verse, like a, a much, much older right. version. Right, that's right. what he's mimicking. And then you look and then it just cuts to Tom Holland, like in succession when he's on the roof mm-hmm. and they're following him. It's just his the mask is off but the rest of the suit so it's like the symbolism is just insane oh my lord and then the way that they portray they finally like they tied up some loose ends from those two original trilogies or duology in terms of andrew garfield like Mm -hmm. he was saying like after gwen died he became darker he stopped pulling his punches chances are he killed harry osborne the green goblin in, in his universe I wouldn't even be surprised. I, I think so. There was actually a cut scene when they were filming The Amazing Spider-Man 2 of him going apeshit and mm-hmm. picking up the glider. And I'll I'll send you a photo of that later. But there is literally a like photo that was leaked that was like a deleted scene that mm-hmm. was filmed where he like in it's insinuated that he does so. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like he did. <laughs> I feel like that's I safe to assume. Mm-hmm. because yeah <laughs> oh my lord and then Tommy mcguire who was his dialogue with doc hawk oh it warmed my heart where doc hawk was like peter my boy how are you doing oh and my then god Tommy mcguire uses the same line that he said in spider-man 2 just trying to do better i was like <laughs> no that was that was, that, that hurt oh that that one hit right in the heart right in the emotional spectrum wow but it it made me like as happy as the Andrew and like when Andrew was talking to Electro. Mm-hmm. Oh my lord, that made me happy too. Not that, gonna lie. No, no, that was different. They were literally teasing Miles Morales. That yeah. that's all it was. It was like, yo, I thought you'd be black to be honest. And I love Andrew Garfield's response. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that that's something Spider Man would say. He's like, my bad. I I, I know <laughs> my fault. My fault. Yeah. At the end, when he sacrifices, you know, his relationship with Mary Jane, or not Mary, Michelle Jones, and mm-hmm. Ned, and his knowledge of, like, 
every or everyone knowing who he is as Peter Parker yeah. for the sake of saving the multiverse. And at the end, he doesn't even like when he goes back to the diner, right, to talk to MJ, and he's like, "Yo, he's about to tell them who he really is." And then he sees the bandaid on her head, and he's like, "Oh, every time that they're with me, I only cause more pain and stress from them." Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm just gonna keep my distance. Yeah, he's like, just, they're they're better off without me. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't exactly want, that. Like that. That it, like shit, dude. That was so sad. Like this guy had the note oh. ready. Heart-wrenching. I was like, oh my god. And then he gets into, you know, a new apartment. Broke-ass apartment. He has books for his GED, which means chances are... because Oh, now I get it. Because he has the books for his GED, which means, like, they don't remember him as Peter Parker. Therefore, his application to MIT is null. Mm-hmm. Which, wouldn't that mean that he has a chance to go to Empire State University? I think that might be it. Because that's where he went to in the comics for university. That is true. So if he goes there, potentially meets Harry Osborn, mm-hmm. but hopefully meets Gwen Stacy. Here's my thing, though. If they introduce Gwen Stacy, we know how it's going to go. Don't snap her neck. That, but that's the issue with bringing in Gwen Stacy, because she's one of like the most iconic moments it's, in comic book histories. It's like, I don't... like. I just don't want to see that again. Like, I'm still recovering yeah. from the one seven years ago or eight years ago now. That which was brutal. Is, which is something that they call back in this movie. Oh, yeah. Absolutely beautiful callback, by the way. But I just don't, like, I kind of, I'm, I'm intrigued by the version of Gwen Stacy that's in Spider-Verse currently. Like, Spider-Gwen. Man, shit. If you're if you're listening to this by any chance, Haley, I'm single. <laughs> hey, 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 put that out there. Jeez, wow. <laughs> and I can't wait for Hawkeye episode six to come out. Oh, yeah. here's the thing: the final swing spe- uh, sequence of in No Way Home. First of all, with the classic suit back on. Oh my god! I was so happy. But the Great thing is, the, 60s. the thing is, is that it's situated right above the Rockefeller Center, mm-hmm. and apparently, episode six of Hawkeye is heavily, like, around the Rockefeller Center area. So, potentially... And keep in mind, they're both around Christmas time. Both movies. So, potentially, Spider-Man could show up in Hawkeye Episode 6. Potentially. Potentially. And if he does, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my soul, my spirit. I'm gone. (laughs) The thing I want to add to that is... I don't think we noticed it as much. Because when you're watching movies in 3D, you're really just focused on the main frame. Right. But... I don't know if you noticed, but the opening, opening scene when Peter's identity is revealed and he starts swinging with MJ. Right. In the corner of the screen, the theater that was playing Rogers the Musical. Rogers the Musical. I saw that. Oh, my Lord. I was like, yeah, okay. This takes place at the same timeline, like same, same, like timing pretty much as the Mm -hmm. Hawkeye show. Mm -hmm. And it was like... I don't know, man. The, the The last swinging scene was just beautiful. Like the suit, the suit was so sexy too, from a cinematography perspective. Like in the like in the snow, I was oh, yeah. like, I was like, hello. It's a literally man. the classic comic book, like the classic mm. Peter Parker Spider Man outfit. I'm like, this is what I was waiting for for so long. He really? sewed it himself. He made everything himself. I'm like, yes, yes. This is what I needed. It was literally yeah. like crack cocaine in my veins. 
that was um, exactly the whole the whole movie felt like i was injected with like some like i'm i still can't believe it's real i'm telling you like i while we're sitting here talking about this i'm like i'm like still trying to process that this exists bro like, i promise you i still don't believe it's it, i don't believe that it's real still i like i normally don't pay to go watch movies again like i usually just wait until like it comes out online and then i'm like all right i'll just watch it like however many yeah. times i want this i'm genuinely thinking about going back to watch in theaters because it was that hype oh I'm, yeah i'm seeing it another two times i'm seeing it on thursday <laughs> what the, jesus christ like i already have them booked bro like i already have them booked i already know when i'm going like among the other movies that are coming out this uh this break like the matrix and mm -hmm. whatnot but yeah no like i crazy just i where is this your favorite mcu movie i think it might be I think after everything is said and done, I think my top five has to go like, I don't even know. Like I know Infinity War and Endgame are in there. Mm -hmm. Then No mm -hmm. Way Home, Thor Ragnarok, and I think maybe Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Okay. That's fair. Because. Like, wow. I mean, anyone who knows me knows how much I love Endgame. Mm. And like, despite the you know criticisms that it does get right i feel like i feel like from a personal standpoint no way home is my favorite i need to watch it a few more times to definitively say so right but just off of first viewing i think from in terms of like my personal attachment to spider-man like since i was a kid mm -hmm. no way home i think is my favorite mcu movie mm-hmm and it's also because of Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. He's my favorite oh. comic book villain from the Marvel side, like in terms of a movie portrayal. Right. And I get that in this movie, which elevates it. Elevates infinitely it more. Oh my like lord. Infinitely more. Like more the than... moment, moment Green Goblin takes over Norman Osborn, he steals every scene that he is in. Like, like amazing. Imagine going to acting school and Willem Dafoe's your instructor. I'm becoming a god level, like, I'm becoming <laughs> like, a god level actor after that. Like, dude, I don't. Actors like Willem Dafoe are so rare where they can get into a headspace where you look at them and, like, do you know how easy it is to just look silly doing what he did in terms oh, of, yeah. like, his facial acting? Oh, yeah. Like, this guy's been mastering it for 19 years for the one day that he'd come back. I swear to God. Like, this guy oh, was ready. And for the if phone he was able. I think at this point, they might start setting up, like, other villains. Here's my thing. If they start bringing in the MCU versions of, like, Green Goblin or Doc Ock and stuff, I don't know how they do it because we already have these great portrayals, but they're from another universe. So if they set up, like, the MCU's version, I feel like that's kind of, like, beating a dead horse. But I think I saw a tweet, actually, when we were walking out. It was kind of funny. Some guy was like, for the MCU versions of Norman and Harry, uh, Matthew McConaughey and Timothy Chalamet. And then I just sat there and I was like, you realize that whoever you cast, if you do end up doing that, you're going to have to cast someone who's either on par. Because no one's outshining Willem Dafoe. Like, oh, yeah. I'm telling that, I'm saying that right now. Absolutely. You're, you're going to have to cast someone who is good in his own portrayal. Mm -hmm. Or on par with Willem Dafoe's, and that's very hard. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if 
I don't know if that's even the route they're going to go. I have a feeling that like all of our speculation is just going to be like wrong. Like we're going to be introduced to something completely different. Like Mm -hmm. we're thinking Gwen Stacy, but like, what about Felicia Hardy, black cat? Oh my goodness. Like that's all I see right now. I honestly think that that's what they'll do. Um, Because the black cat and Peter dynamic, like in, in the comics is unreal. Like I want to see that in the movies um that's just gonna make me jealous all over again i can't lie (laughs) that's just gonna make me jealous it's gonna get me pissed off i don't want to see that again i already had it enough with tom holland and zendaya you want me to see with black cat too you're mad you're mad (laughs) i honestly way too much man if they did do the black cat thing like if they did bring in felicia hardy i wonder which actress they'd bring in for her like know. Marvel, Marvel's never miscast, bro. Even the like, if like, shout out to Sarah Finn, casting director of the MCU, like mm-hmm. god tier casting. Like, I don't know who they cast, but all I know is whoever they cast, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Like, it's just the possibilities now for like the next trilogy. Like, I heard that it was a he's gonna get another trilogy, most likely college trilogy, mm-hmm. and along with an ensemble movie so i'm assuming that that's an avengers movie somewhere from now until 2026 i like, think it might be the young avengers but my thing is who would the young avengers go up against like i have no idea i think uh, my my theory with it is well kevin feige in the eternals press tour Mm -hmm. um was talking about how he feels that secret wars could be a thing and immediately my thinking is if you're gonna do an avengers movie don't bullshit with the young avengers put them in it because secret wars is pretty much a multiversal war yeah so just like that also opens the like window or door if they want to bring back toby and andrew or Secret Wars because See, it fits with the exactly, story. It was reported that originally Toby Maguire was gonna die in mm-hmm. No Way Home. That's why he yeah. got stabbed. But yeah. I think Kevin Feige was the one who's like, whoa, 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 whoa! I want him for Secret Wars, and that's why they just changed it from you know him getting killed to him just getting stabbed. I'm like, mm-hmm. Kevin Feige's onto something here. Like the possibility for what that future Avengers movie that is pretty much endless. Like we don't oh, yeah. know where it's going. But the reason I think that that could be what they're doing is because Fantastic Four comes out, which is also going to be directed by John Watts. Wait, are you serious? Yep. <laughs> All I need to know is who they're casting as Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom is probably my top oh. three favorite Marvel villain. He's in just a menace to society. Book, yeah, in terms of comic book writing, he is my favorite Marvel villain. I don't blame you. I don't blame so, you at all. Like the, the shoulders... The shoulders here for whoever gets cast as oh my god yeah no that, I I can't wait for that I have full faith in them though oh my goodness I can't wait but honestly I think overall we, I think we kind of covered oh last thing before I probably end off what do you think are the implications now between No Way Home and the new Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness because. This trailer, the end credits, like the post credit scene, was literally the trailer for Doctor Strange. Yeah. Which I was like, what? And I thought Wanda was going to be a villain in the movie. 
Turns I out she's too. an ally. Turns out she's an ally. I'm like, what? I I did too. And like when you watch WandaVision, you just assume that that's like step one in her going batshit crazy. Like kind of like the MCU version of the House of M minus everyone else. Right. <laughs> but I feel like the fact that she's an ally, I was like, who the hell is the villain? Because when you think about it, the way they've been marketing this movie, we just know the main cast, really. We just know Benedict, Rachel McAdams is coming back. Mm-hmm. And they look like they were getting married in the trailer. Did you see did you notice? I that? think Doctor Strange was watching Rachel McAdams. Was he getting watching? Married. Oh my god, that's painful. I think he was watching her get married. Okay. Cause I was I was gonna say I was like, that relationship ended pretty wonky. I mean, here's end. the thing, here's the thing. Doctor Strange was gone for five years, and chances yeah. are she wasn't. So I think at that point she had made peace with him passing and then found someone new. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened. I like so what I picked up from that was, for example, Wanda, ally. Also, that comic accurate suit. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful. Like, Beautiful. Okay. Like, everyone everyone, calm down. See, uh, I really love how Marvel is at the point where they can just bring in everything that is perfectly comic accurate without making it more realistic. Like, they're at the point now where they don't have to make it more of a realistic type of suit or a realistic type of model. It is literally comic accurate. And I'm like, this is what we wanted this entire time. Thank you. This Phase 4, like, all the costumes in Phase 4 have been straight from the comic. There's Mm -hmm. beautiful detail in every single one of them. Like, whether it was, like, Wanda's Scarlet Witch, like, or Sam's Cap, or even John Walker's, like, like US, US agent, agent. like yeah. unreal like like they're straight from the book dude like it's insane it's beautiful man oh my goodness and now you see, and then you the very last clip of it you see strange supreme from what if i lost my mind i was like there's no way that was a theory it was literally a theory that strange supreme was going to be involved in either no way home or multiverse of madness Turns out yeah. one of them was true, and we're like, "What? Oh, the, I can't wait!" Oh, like man. even in the trailer, you can notice the Raimi. In the trailer, you can already see, like from the two minutes that we saw, you can already see the close-ups and shit oh, from, from Raimi. So I was like, "Wow!" I'm like, I "This is so already much. a Sam Raimi movie, and it's like not even out yet." Like I've seen two minutes, and I know that it's Sam Raimi. I'm already sold. Like. Like and the next things that Marvel has lined up in terms of movies, there's No Way Home, Multiverse of Madness, and Thor: Love and Thunder. Like all three are major hits. All, all, all three are like the definition of like mind fucks. If we're being honest, I can't. Taika Waititi came out and said, actually talking about Thor: Love and Thunder, he straight up said in an interview, "I don't think I should be allowed to make this movie." I'm like, excuse me? Huh? I'm like. I'm like, Taika Waititi's already a crazy individual, like, with the shit that goes on and up in here. Of course. But, but like, what do you mean you shouldn't be allowed to make, like, what are you doing? Like, what? <laughs> I need to know. Like, I need it in like, my system right like, now. Like, just inject all these movies into my veins now, please. And, I mean, like, next summer, like, even starting in the spring, like, we're getting the Batman, which is going to be so Listen. I'm listen. so hyped for that. I am a DC Die Hard fan. That was the Batman was the very first comic that The Dark Knight Returns was my very first comic that I ever read. Beautiful, perfect, literally no flaws whatsoever. Yeah. Its sequel, meh. But the <laughs> original run, 
beautiful. And mm-hmm. so when I'm seeing Batman done right with the cinematography, the portrayals of the characters, the storyline for what we know of it so far, mm, I need it. I need it so bad. I need it so badly. It's yeah. It's there's something that is very special. There's a very special feeling around that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact that we're getting Batman at like year two, <laughs> which what, is something that we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And like Robert Pattinson is an unreal actor. Like I, I have complete faith that that movie is going to be good from what we've seen so far. And I'm very tentative with DC. Like I love DC as much as Marvel. I've like DC was my first exposure into the comic book genre. Mm-hmm. It's just, their cinematic universe failed whereas we're 30 something entities into the mcu now and it's like like, i have an episode of the podcast lined up where i'm ranting about dc mm -hmm. because lord knows i have my criticism of their movie franchise i could hop on that if you want me to i am too much pain talking about that stuff (laughs) i'm in immense agony every time i speak about it but like if they can uh, redeem here's the thing the batman is literally their make or break if they fold on the batman i lost all hope for him. like and, literally nothing is left for me and that's the thing that makes me sad because now starting with joaquin phoenix's joker movie they started to shy away from the cinematic universe and just do separate entity movies and i find that those movies are the ones that are the good ones mm-hmm. whereas like movies like for example shazam or like the upcoming shazam i mean mm-hmm. uh like the next flash which is like introducing flashpoint i don't know if the hype level is even there as it should be for something like flashpoint in a movie where you're getting michael keaton's batman ben affleck's batman all that sort of thing no one's talking like dc dropped like a minute first minute long first look at dc fandom and no one talked about it no, people did talk about it. The issue is, no, there's literally been not a word about it, like, in terms of DC. Like, there's no hype, no propaganda, nothing. Like, like it was dropped, and diehard comic book fans were like, wow, this looks good. But then, but then, like, if you're just a kid, like, there was no... After the weekend of DC fandom was over, like, mm-hmm. and I heard no one talk about that movie again. Like, no one. They're like, I'll bet. Oh, it's come, it comes out in November next year? Bet. Okay, whatever. Moving yeah, on. no, that's like, exactly what happened. Like, that's not the... That's not what... Uh, that's not what the Flashpoint storyline deserves. Like, that's a freaking beautiful storyline in every way. Like, and here's the thing. The Flashpoint... Like, the Flash movie has the potential to change everything for the betterment. Because if they do... Literally. Because if they do what happened in the comics... In the comics... It, kickstarted the new 52 which was like a big reboot of dc mm-hmm. if they do that but they reboot the cinematic universe for dc with all of their new castings like batman is played by robert pattinson i just want henry cavill to come back as superman that that's my one thing that i want back please so my two favorite superheroes of all time in terms of comic book characters are spider-man and superman i would want nothing more than for henry cavill to come back under good writing under an actual direction for his character. Yep. And just just don't... Like, you had an A-list cast with the Man of Steel stuff, dude. You had Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Lawrence Fishburne. The pieces were there. Man of Steel, I enjoyed. I liked that movie. I, I watched did too. it all the time. I did, too. I loved the movie. 
and the score of that movie is oh perfect but then you get to bvs and it was a rushed attempt at a cinematic universe setup and it was a good batman movie but superman and the shitter and i will never ever let it ever be redeemed for that matter Raja, if we keep on talking about it now, we're practically merging two episodes into one. <laughs> literally, literally. Oh my lord! But see, see, this point- is why, like, this is why we need another episode dedicated to this. Like, this is not easy to talk about. Like, this is a No Way Home episode segued into our pain for DC. Like, what the heck? Dog, I promise you, I just want Henry Cavill to come back, and Facts. then we're fine. Easy. But mm-hmm. basically, wrapping wrapping up the No Way Home topic, thousand out of ten. Definitely recommend. It's yeah, it's I I think it's my favorite MCU movie so far. I I it's in my I top three. So. It's really hard to put it up there with Endgame because Endgame had so many great mm-hmm. work like moments. This is this is the thing. Like I Endgame for me was like holy shit, we're never getting a movie like this again. And then a movie. Then we you know fast forward you know a pandemic later. Right. We get a movie like that again, but to a more personal comic entity rather than a cinematic universe buildup. And that is true. That is true. And I don't know how to feel because I don't know if my personal attachment for Spider-Man has me having No Way Home at number one over Endgame mm-hmm. or if they're just tied for first with like, like I, I don't know if I can possibly rank the two, but for now I'm saying it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. But that's just off of, you know, the six-year-old kid that was reading Spider-Man comics because, like, that that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But, like, overall, y'all definitely need to watch it. It is worth every you need single to, moment yeah. of your time. Yeah, I, I absolutely hope that the people who, you know, got to watch the movie about two days earlier than anyone in North America over in the U.K., how they were literally recording video like scenes theater that and uploading them so on YouTube. Up. I hope whoever does that gets their channels and their hopes and dreams just crushed. Just please. You need to like, watch you... it without getting spoiled. Because if you get spoiled, it ruins everything good about this movie. And that's another thing that I actually want to add to this. Remember like a month ago or so, about three three they like they were called set photos, but they were actually like painted like frame by frame shots mm-hmm. three of those photos were released and the watermark john campia was on them oh, and this idiot so like the three the thing i noticed after coming out of the movie which kind of pissed me off is all three of those frame by frame photos were real and they were actual shots from the movie yep. and one of them was daredevil sitting with you know tom aunt may and i Abby. didn't see that one thank god i didn't okay. see that one you're, you're so lucky you didn't see that one because I saw all of them. So I oh. was, over, and at first I was like, this is fan edited. I hope so. Because it looked like it was fan edited. Mm-hmm. But then you watch the movie and all those shots were the same. I was like, why is John, like, what good did you do leaking? Like, if someone, when Endgame was coming out, if someone leaked a photo of, you know, Tony with the gauntlet. See, I don't think Endgame got spoiled at all. Like, there were no leaks. No, there was didn't. nothing. There was literally and nothing. Shout out to Disney for actually holding down that shit. Because whoever is running, like, 
who's ever who's ever working in the visual effects department at Sony, they need to be locked down. Like, yeah, I don't not. know what you're doing. Like, how how does a movie get leaked this blatantly? Oh, it's nasty business, like, man. It's just like even the like the shot of Andrew like behind a blue screen mm-hmm. that ended up being a legit shot, by the way. That's right. Yeah. Like from the movie, I was like, "How? Well, who got their hands on that, bro?" Like, I don't you're, even like, know. like what's Sony? Like, I don't understand. Like, you know what? Like, it's one of those things where it's like, you have a movie this monumental mm-hmm. because it is monumental. This is literally the most insane callback movie that isn't Avengers Endgame, right? And a month before the movie comes out, we're getting some guy releasing photos on twitter with his uh, his name above the watermark and the shots are the exact same from the movie that came out yeah like that's like if someone told me that cap would be you know wielding mjolnir in the final battle can you imagine if that was like if If someone told me that if someone told me that i'm actually breaking off their legs like they do not deserve to walk anymore after that that is disgusting business that's what i'm saying like i they whoever if you're a visual effects artist at sony and you thought it was a good idea to generate internet buzz by leaking a literal video of andrew garfield on set behind a blue screen which ended up being the exact same shot chroma keyed when you actually watch the final product right if you what kind of contingency plan did did, did sony even do anything to those visual effects artists that as far as i know no i know i know nothing like like we're talking like this is terrible marketing like you were doing fine by letting the fans predict everything you were you really were you didn't have to release every sort of any sort of chance they got to release a set photo or concept art or like you already know it's like i hope that i heard that the reshoots for multiverse of madness coming out in may Mm-hmm. Where the fact that Kevin Feige saw the reaction that the like reveals in Loki and in No Way Home got, or that they were anticipating to get in No Way Home, and they figured that the reshoots weren't to change any of the plot, but to add more cameos. And I'm just sitting here, if I see Hugh Jackman walk through a portal, I'm going to scream. I promise you I'm going to turn into a schoolgirl the way I'm going to scream. I Wow. Nah. Oh, I'm going to lose my mind. Wow. Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier too. Oh my God. Can you imagine if they bring back like Ian McKellen's Magneto and he looks at Wanda and he's like, daughter? Dog, I'm literally going to lose my mind. Like, wow, I'm going to lose my mind. Bro, the possibilities for that are endless with the fact that like we know that like, at least it's theorized that that's what the reshoots are about. And I totally think that that's accurate based off of what we've, experience the last year with loki mm-hmm. and with no way home mm-hmm. man i can't wait marvel's moving in such a nice direction right now and i can't wait to see more to be honest yeah shout out shout out to everyone who thought marvel was gonna be over after endgame <laughs> bro no nah, we're, mo- we're moving so nicely right now oh my goodness but <laughs> like just, oh man, man. But over, overall i think we kind of covered everything that i wanted to talk about so if, do you have anything last that you want to say? I mean, the movie, like, No Way Home did an excellent job with bringing back all three theaters that we've mm-hmm. seen and just distinctively showing us the difference between the three while giving the three of them their shine. 
Oh yeah. Like oh. they like they played to the best parts of each arc, mm-hmm. pretty much. And that was just unreal, I think. Man, like was... do you want to talk about the venom post credit scene or what yeah we should we should we definitely should yeah so basically what happened was like eddie brock was in a bar somewhere and he was just trying to figure out what the hell is going on in the mcu and then after dr strange fixes the multiverse right and eddie brock gets sent back to his universe but the symbiote a piece of the symbiote was left in the mcu which basically leaves the potential wide open for the symbiote to get to New York. Because here's the thing. The symbiote knows about Peter Parker. As we saw in the end credits of Venom 2. Where he literally looked yeah. at the TV and said. That guy. And here's the thing. In the end credit scene. It said Venom was talking to Eddie. And he was like listen. We are a hive mind that knows. Across universes. Mm. So the theory is. Is that the reason why Eddie Brock was brought to the MCU was because Venom knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Because Eddie Brock in Tobey Maguire's universe, that Venom is connected to the Venom in the Sony-verse mm-hmm. because of the hive mind. So therefore, yeah. that's how Venom knows that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, the symbiote is most likely going to make its way to New York and we're going to get the black suit Spider-Man Oh my goodness, I can't wait. Do you think they bring back Tom Hardy though and actually do an Eddie Brock considering that he was sent back to his own timeline? No, or... they're doing a different no, they they have to do it. Because I, I don't think I think that possibility just got like pushed out the door the second he went back. So I'm like, okay, they clearly have a plan here, but I wonder I, like, I just I would... wonder what it could be. I don't think I'm the greatest fan of Eddie Brock as Venom, if I'm going to be honest, or as Eddie Brock. Like, he's okay, but he's like, eh, he's like just... I'm not even going to lie. Like, the post credit scene in Venom, Let There Be Carnage, right, is him looking at Peter Parker through the TV, like, mm-hmm. on the news. And the first thing that I just immediately, that, that just, like, immediately popped into my head is the fact that Sony set up Eddie Brock as almost like an anti-hero, like he's mm-hmm. a good guy, but just, mm-hmm. but, but like, you know what I mean? Like he's, there's nothing sinister about him. So I never actually bought the whole, oh, I'm going to go fight Spider-Man because Eddie Brock, like in terms of like the way they've built him up across the like two Venom movies, right? there's nothing evil about the guy. Just like he's just dude. like, He's just a dude, like, he's just a reporter who's, you know, stuck with this. And, like, I'm kind of happy that it's not the Tom Hardy version that they're setting up. As much as I love Tom Hardy, I feel like if they wanted to make a third Venom movie, which they probably will, because... I think they said that Venom 3 is already in production, too. Yeah, it's it's Sony's biggest cash grab that isn't the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. So... It makes sense, but I just feel like if you're going to do that, leave it as their own entity. Also, do you think that the villain universe that Sony's setting up, that any of them are going to be involved with Tom Holland Spider-Man in the future, or no? The only one that I can see possibly happen is Morbius. That's the only one that I can see possibly happen. And, like, the thing is, is, like, I'm not even the biggest fan of that, to be honest. Like, I'm just, like, if you if you want to create your own villain verse with spider-man characters mm-hmm. 
do it. But at the same time, I don't, I feel like it's a really cheap attempt at being like, it's like, it's like kind of like Sony being the kid who's like in the group project who did like no work and wants to benefit off the A+. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That's exactly what's happening. Like, right now. it's like, oh, but we, we, we made, uh, we made, uh, you know, Jared Leto's uh, Morbius. Uh, yeah, you want, he can fight Tom Holland, right? He can fight Tom Holland, right? It's like, no, no. because like it's it's like you're trying to just insert your own i don't know i don't even know how to like phrase it but that's basically what it's like that like, yeah no I, I agree i agree but honestly i think morbius is i'm holding out hope for morbius to be at least decent because i feel like based off of what i've seen from trailers it looks to be pretty good so hopefully I, mean, I have my fingers crossed for that venom i lost i i just yeah they're okay nothing great the first Venom movie is good. The second Venom movie, I was not a fan of. <laughs> I was so pissed how they did Carnage. I can't. Yeah, that. I, that Venom was, like that be mad. was not it for me. No, no, I got mad. So wait, that also leaves the door open for the Carnage symbiote to be brought in to the end. Marvel. You beautiful bastards! They did this so well because the moment they brought in the Venom symbiote, now they can do whatever they want with the symbiotes in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Oh, Marvel. Bless your souls. Bless your soul, Kevin Feige. Oh, like, yeah. I, I don't know what they're gonna do, but something tells me that Sony's like. I don't, I don't think Sony's gonna be trying to put in their few adaptations like into Tom Holland's world. Because I mean, if you were gonna do that, like they already announced Craven the Hunter, which comes out, I think. Wait, what? Yeah, they're making a standalone Craven the Hunter movie. What Sony? Yeah. So Why? Saying, this is what I'm saying. Like they have Venom now, so they have Venom. Venom, let there be Carnage, Morbius, and they announced Craven the Hunter. So it's like they're trying to do their own villain verse and make it relevant to Tom Holland's Peter Parker. But it's like we don't want to like either do it right through Feige and company, or just don't do it at all. Like See, I don't, I don't want to see that. I'm actually at this point. I want Disney to buy Sony, just so and, then they can avoid this issue altogether. And you know who they cast for Craven the Hunter? Who? Aaron Taylor Johnson, who played Pietro in the MCU. So any sort of vibe of welcoming this guy in oh! the universe, like it's just it's it's like, gone. It's literally gone. Like I don't. I mean, I'm gonna watch those movies. But oh, if they probably if they, not. Oh my! If God. they suck, I hope I'm gonna be the guy preying on their downfall. Like I don't want e any of those movies to do good at the box office. Like I don't want. I you already know Morbius is not gonna do good at the box office. It'll if do it okay. does, yeah. It'll if do it okay. does, I'm gonna eat my words. But mm. it's there's it's not like Venom where people actually care. <laughs> no, like, I, like, I've been wanting a Spider-Man movie where Craven is the main villain for so so long. Like and now Sony is doing this blasphemy. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah, I'm telling you, like it, Sony is literally just copying off of something good that worked for their own profit. I, it's literally what Warner Brothers did with the DCEU or tried to do with the oh, DCEU. But this, this is hurting me so. It's it's so awful. Bad. Like this is why I'm saying like the for. The college trilogy, like we're really going in not knowing what they're planning, which is why I have a really strong feeling it could be Black Cat, just because we haven't necessarily seen her, mm -hmm. and it would be like a fresh, 
love interest take as well. Me, me, black and... cat in my life, but that's a different topic for another day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan of what Sony's doing with their own little universe here, especially with the fact that I figured that Tom Hardy would slide into the Tom Holland world because that's mm-hmm. what they teased it to be. But the second he went back to his own universe, I was like, oh, thank God. I was like, I was both like, in a way, in a, I was I was both relieved and both like, mm, like the side of me that really likes Tom Hardy was like, no, I kind of wanted to see that. But, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just don't want any sort of, like if Morbius fails, which I think it will. Right. I'm not exactly hoping for it to fail, but I think it will fail just because no one cares about Morbius the way people care about Venom. Oh, yeah. It's like you go to a like a comic memor- like memorabilia store, you see a Spider-Man t-shirt and you see a Venom t-shirt. Like Venom is a known entity, which is why they were like, okay, we can make a, our own trilogy of this and it would sell. Mm-hmm. But something like Morbius, mm, I don't know. I think Craven the Hunter from a box office perspective is going to do well is going to do well just because everyone loves Craven the Hunter. Right. But I'm just I'm just very skeptical about that entire movie and I just I, I don't want it to be horseshit. <laughs> like no Sony it probably will. It probably will. If it's if it's anything like the first Venom movie, which I actually really enjoyed. I thought the first Venom movie was really fun. Mm-hmm. If it's anything like the first Venom movie, I'll be okay with it. Like it would, it's not like oh wow, it's not like groundbreaking or whatever. But at least it's not a complete failure. You know what I mean? Right, right. But man, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think we covered everything that we needed to cover, and I like so. a ton extra. Yeah, so, a ton extra. Oh man, my lord! I yeah. cannot wait to see what Marvel's been up to. But hey. Thank you all for making it to the end of the podcast. If you want to show love to the episode, follow me on both Instagram at Most Wanted Podcast and Twitter at Most Wanted Pod to stay up to date on guest features, upload days, and more. Once again, want to shout out those listening in on Google Podcast, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, and Anchor. If you're listening in on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give a like, a five star rating, and review as well. You can also listen to the podcast on Spotify as well as on YouTube via the Broad Hire channel where you can not only find my podcast but plenty of other top-notch material. Till next time, we out. Easy, y'all.